This is a Think Live Be production. I have been doing some extra script and role play lately. And, you know, the main reason is, as we've talked about before, um, as the market is shifting, we're going to have to level up our skills. Everybody needs to, you know, do better. We do better. Yeah. You already should do all of this anyways. Do more. Do more. more. Yeah. That's probably a better way to, to think about it is whatever you were doing before, do more. And actually, there's a. Sl- I, know, I was seeing people talking about, oh, uh, the market is gonna shift. Then maybe I should get another part time, a part time job of doing X because the market's slowing. And it's like, no, dumb dumb, <laughs> you do twice as much. You don't slow when the market slows down. You don't do less and go find something else. That's how you get right out of the business. Well, and that's why so many people will over the next year or so. Five um, more months. <laughs> Kayla is counting down. Almost four, but we're still in five. So there there was a slide that they showed in, um, what was the most recent conference? Me- Megacamp. Megacamp. <laughs> what day is it? In, in Megacamp. And it was just about uh, the, whatever you were putting into servicing clients. So if 80% of your time was spent servicing clients and 20% was spent lead generating in the past two years where the market was like... Is that normal? Is that what you... Well, no, but just hear me out. I was going to say, okay, go on. No, but it, it, in such a busy market Mm. where you're running around showing houses and writing a million offers to get one accepted, that's what it ends up being. Like you, you, you flipped what your priorities were and because it felt like that was what was necessary and and you're running all around and and you could, that you could still have sales happen without doing as much lead generation. And for people who maybe have only been in the business a couple years, that's all they've ever known. Right. So they think that's the way the job is supposed to be. So, so the easiest way to look at it is to say, okay, whatever you were doing before, if it was 80% to service clients, meaning, you know, writing offers, driving around, blah, 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 then you need to flip it. So 80% of your time would be lead generating, lead follow up, looking for new business. And then the 20% is servicing the clients. So what all that amounts to is like, you've got to do more. Do more conversations, do more lead generating, do more lead follow-up, do more marketing. Um, that is unless you were balanced. Right. Which, because if you were doing 45, even if you 65, were, or 50-50 and you switch 50-50, it's still 50-50. So if, you're, if you were doing the lead gen, the what you were supposed to be doing before, you see what I mean? Yeah, and it yeah. was 50% of the time lead gen, 50% service clients, and you have to flip it now. It's still 50-50. But if you're really far out there, and I don't know 50-50 isn't correct, but if you're really far out there where it is 80-20, that's a pretty big life change that you have to try to wrap your brain around. Well, it is. And let's be realistic. Like nobody was doing it the right amount over the last two years because it really felt like you couldn't. Like you you felt like if you're working with buyers because – there was a time where it felt like you just couldn't find a listing to save your life. Um, so you're working with buyers. That's just how it was. And every day there was some offer that had to get written. 
Because if you didn't, then those people might not get that house. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, <clears throat> they still can. might not get yeah. that house because there's multiple offers. But you just were in constant motion and activity of doing whatever was necessary was to a, get those deals done. There was an urgency. So that you actually, yes. So that you actually had a paycheck. Right. An urgency. That's, yeah. that's what that felt like for most people. Mm-hmm. And so there was no 50-50 or doing the right amount. That's just not, I'm, I'm telling you, even the best most disciplined person mm-hmm. was out of balance the last couple of years. Yeah, because you still had, you had to. Yeah. What are you going to do? Tell people that you can't show them that house until Thursday on a Monday because you have, it's like, no, you have to, by Thursday, there'll be 12 offers. Yeah. So, yeah. Or it's pending, I mean. So, right. <laughs> or it's pending, yeah. So, so, but that, but taking that into consideration, Saying, okay, well, now maybe you don't have to drop everything. You might not have to drop everything to to get that offer in by Thursday. That sounds more balanced to me. Like, well, it like, gives you it, it gives, gives you, you back control. Con- yeah, it's not a time. bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Yeah, it gives you back control of your time. But we've built a habit mm-hmm. that needs to be broken. That. We're in control of our time, but only if you follow scripts and and do role play and practice what that discipline is. <laughs> so, of course, as we're you know shifting into different times, different skills are needed, or or better skills, <laughs> better skills are needed. You get what I'm saying. So we're always looking to seek our best anyways. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. I'm going to read the intro because Pat has pointed at me and said, it's time for that. <laughs> yeah, People like to know. Uh, are you, oh, yeah. You're getting a lot of emails. I mean, well, people, people saying, hey, Kat, I don't podcast, not so much, but the way you explain that I'm going to read the intro, that we, part, we love it. that is awesome. <laughs> But anyways, we started this podcast at the beginning of all of this mess of COVID. Before the beginning. Before the beginning. Yeah, before the beginning. 140 weeks ago. Yes. How'd you math that so fast? Because it's 140th episode and we do one every week. Oh. Every week. Every week. That's true. Every week. And um, that's consist- That's my- that might be the most consistent thing I've ever done. Boom. <laughs> That's because um, Pat's in charge of launching. Yeah, it is. It is. The, this is why you're you're a key integral part of this mm-hmm. podcast. I say it every every week. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we put we we always talk about what we can do better, how we can overcome the hurdles, both personally, professionally, in this crazy business. I'm Catherine Stelges, and across from me is my director of operations, Kayla Boundy. Hi, and our super important sound engineer, producer extraordinaire, Patrick Fatika. Hello. Who, without him, this podcast would not exist <laughs> because it would just be me and Kayla complaining in the office periodically mm-hmm. <laughs> and saying we should we should record this. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I digress. We we're talking about scripts and doing more so that we increase our skills. That's really what we're talking about, and we actually have the time now to do it because the market is becoming more balanced there there aren't as many multiple offer situations where the the need to jump when a buyer asks or the need to jump when a seller asks happens like you have time to say well let's really 
you know, sit down and talk about that. Let's think through that offer. Um, and, and that is, that is a good thing. It's nice to get back to some basics and, and improve ourselves. Yeah. Or you can wake up in the morning and not be like, oh, I have to get that offer in before 9am this morning. Well, there goes my lead generation in the trash today. It's like, no, now you can do those let me just say something real quick <laughs> because mm-hmm. I was doing script and role play actually this morning with the team. And I think I, I didn't say this on the the script call, but this just is important to hear. Like you're not perfect all the time. It's about what do you say, Pat? It's about getting it like 80 mm-hmm. percent. I would even say 90 percent because then it would be an A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, It's about like working to be the best you can. Just want to be better than you were last time. Yeah. That's and, all. And it's not, you're not going to be perfect all the time. So I'm saying that because. How, how if cu- you're perfect all the time, then you're not pushing yourself to try new things or to, or to get better at anything because you're just staying stagnant. It's like, it's supposed to be hard and it's supposed to be difficult and you're supposed to make mistakes. You're just trying to do better than you did the week before. That's it. That's all. You, and if you if that's what you look at is I'm going to do better than I, whether it's the number of calls you make, number of appointments you set or staying to your schedule or whatever it is, just do better than you did last week. And before you know it, you'll be at to, on the top of the mountain looking back going, wow, look how far I came. But if all you're doing is trying to be perfect and looking up at the top of the mountain the whole time, it's going to take you forever to get there and you're going to be disappointed 90 percent of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just think about what you did last week. How many contacts did you make? How many calls did you do? Just do better. Do better this week. And then you can pat yourself on the back. I did better than I did last week. And then you do it the next week and the next week and the next week. That's how you, that's how you accomplish big, giant projects. That's how you do big goals. Yeah. But I bring that up because um, when doing scripts and role play, like sometimes I think people um, think that when you're giving feedback to someone else... Like, it's not like, oh, you got it wrong. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like, here's how I think that might have sounded better. better, Or here's how that might have made a bigger impact in the conversation. You're talking about a constructive criticism? Yeah. Like, I just, I think some, sometimes if, if you're pointing out what is going, like, wrong, sometimes that's viewed as, like, um, well, that's not good enough or whatever. And it's like, it's not about any of that. It's like, don't, isn't the point of all of this to be better and to, to, so that you can improve your sales so that you can yeah. improve your income and improve the, the well, yeah. service we're providing. Like it's all, it's all about doing better for everybody. It is a constructive criticism and it is a critique. And it is, um, when, when I went to school, when I went to college, I went to art school, um, all of our classes were all studio classes where you painted in the class and then or, and then you would do your homework and you'd have projects and stuff. And then when the project was done, everybody would bring their project into school and you'd put them up on the wall and they'd all hang next to each other. And then we'd have a critique with the class and the, the professor. And the professor would pick a random person and say, Pat, which one of these do you want to talk about? Not which one do you like? Which one don't you like? Which one do you want? And then the way that you would get yelled at or reprimanded is to say, well, I really like this one mm-hmm. because that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. <laughs> what a critique would be is 
this seems to be working. This part isn't. And the reason why this isn't working is because of this and this. How else am I, if I'm that artist, going to learn if I'm not hearing what I'm doing incorrectly or what isn't working? I don't need to know what is working. I already know that part. That's the easy part. Tell me what isn't working. So that's that. And doing that and the, and this is this this is artwork that's personal and all of these things and you'd be in a in a, a classroom of 50 people that would basically tear your stuff apart right in front of you mm-hmm. and a lot of people couldn't take it and they'd drop out of school that is how you that is how you learn though you know what i mean so this constructive criticism of telling people um, this isn't working or this, you can do this better if you did try it this way or wh- whatever. It's like, that is how you learn something. You've got to toughen up, I guess. That's, I know you said people I, would drop out of school and I was like, babies. <laughs> I, I'm telling you that that's, that people would cry. They would, you know, it's like you're thinking, think college, it's like 20 years old, 22 years old, putting your artwork up there. You spent, you know, 40 hours working on something and it gets torn apart by 12 people. Who, who and it's like but that's part that's part of it and maybe because I was had you know that was that was a lot of of constructive criticism over over years and years and years and you and I um are just our personalities and us being together and the way that we talk about things it's really kind of second nature to be constructive to do constructive criticism on whatever it is even on ourselves Kayla raised her hand on me but I love but, it but it's like it it is a, a way to, to to communicate your ideas to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. When we sit down to dinner and I go, you know what I think would be better? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, you grew up with that. That is a little different because it is so personal. I was kind of kidding. I'm not that cold. But like, I can understand why people would get personally upset because it's personal. So, but typically... When you're giving feedback to somebody with scripts, it should be related to um, the sales themselves, like or the sales language. You see yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like I'm sure with the artwork, it's like well, yes. balance, composition, well, com- com- yes. uh, stuff like that. Color, uh, focus, all all of those things of and technique and all all of that stuff. It's the same. It is the same thing. So when when we do script and role play and somebody says, Oh, it sounded good to me, that's that's, that's the equivalent zero of zero help. I li- I like it. Yes. That is zero help. <laughs> it's like it sounded good or I like it. Believe me, as an artist and as somebody who's done all sorts of theater shows and 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 have have done lots lots of different art projects, when somebody comes up to me at the end of something and goes, It was really good that is the last that that is just nothing that is that is you'd rather hear like the way you work the lighting well, tell me what or, you liked or yeah. tell me what you didn't but don't just tell me you liked it yeah don't tell me it was okay it was fine or whatever that's that's nothing you know so it's like this, this is that's the same the same thing when doing constructive criticism on on somebody's scripts just saying yeah it was pretty good or Oh well, yeah, I you know you did it. It's like that's not helping. Find what could have been better and tell me what could be better better with it. Okay, so what about the people who don't know how to find the areas of opportunity? Well, I was about to say that. Um, well, so okay, cu- couple things. 
because we got into a little bit of a rant there on constructive criticism. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to, to go there. But that is all good things. Like when you're doing script and role play, that is what you're doing it for. You're doing it for a couple of things. You're inter- trying to internalize the scripts so that you can have a conversation with people and get certain specific information. But also so that when you're having a conversation, you can be yourself while you're having a scripted call. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the script, then it becomes harder to just be yourself and listen to the other person because you're worried about what you need to say next. So we always, we kind of liken it to when you're learning a new script is like, pretend like you're in a play. Most people at some point in your life, elementary school, middle school, high school, you were in some play or some performance, right? And you had to memorize lines. Think of scripts like that. Like you're about to get on stage and perform and your parents are in the audience and everybody's looking at you. You want to know what you're supposed to say, right? So go memorize it word for word. And in doing that, then when you're having the conversation, you can actually listen better, help the person better and be yourself on the call, which we always talk about, like just be a human being. Well, that's how you do it is by knowing what you're supposed to be saying. So embedded in your brain that you can actually just listen and have a conversation and the script naturally comes out. Yeah. You're still hitting all the marks you need to hit. Yeah. And then, so with, (laughs) with the scripts, like if you're talking to a buyer, there's, We've talked about the LP Mama. There's a whole episode, I think, about that, what that is. Location, price, motivation. Agent. Agent, mortgage, appointment. Um, those are the key points. And then the script is, th- th- that's an acronym to remember what key points you need. The script are the questions and the way that they're worded. So then when you do script and role play, you're, you're going to say something that's going to take somebody off script. And when they're doing that, when, when that happens and you get back to the script, that would be something you would give them constructive criticism on. So like if they just read the script line for line and didn't in, in involve any kind of transitions, that might be a place where you could give them an area of opportunity. Like, okay, if you would have just said at this one point, like, hey, I'm just curious, what about that part of town has you interested or something like that. So I'm just curious. That's a transition. But if they didn't use that, it might sound more robotic. So that's an area of opportunity. How can you add more transitions into the conversation so that you can sound more natural and that you're just you're just listening. You're listening to the person. You're just curious. I love yeah. that one. I love I'm just curious. That's a great transition into any next question mm-hmm. because it it puts people's guards down mm-hmm. so they, they don't feel like they need to. You're not prying. Right. I'm not going to say. Um, you have to tell me what's what's your budget mm-hmm. or why are you looking there? Why are you looking in that neighborhood? None of your business. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. What has you interested in that area? Mm-hmm. See the, the difference? Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden, but it's the same words, the same point. You're just saying it with that more conversational transition piece. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, Everybody's had this experience. I don't understand the difficulty in in being able to. Um, I think it what I think it's lack of practice, and I think it's lack of 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 taking it seriously. And um, 
because everybody's been on the phone with a telemarketer or somebody who goes, yes, Mr. Patrick. And then they <laughs> and then they read through the lines of the script that's in front of them because they're getting paid eight dollars an hour, seven dollars and fifty cents an hour to read a script in a in a uh, underground office somewhere. You know what I mean? It's like you guys have all heard that. It sounds terrible. And you, what do you do? You hang up, right? Yeah. It's like just I don't understand. Like if if you right if you're we're telling you the scripts work. People smarter than all of us have to come up with these scripts. They use them all the time. They work. Why you wouldn't internalize them and use them so that it was just common speak for you? Why would you not want to use the best tools for you? You think you can just wing it? I don't need that. You you guys all go ahead and use them. I don't need it. Well, like, well I don't. Even- I don't understand how why people like why they wouldn't internalize them and use them i mean i understand why maybe a single agent who can't find a script partner and has a million other things to do but i what i don't understand is how agents who maybe are on a team where that's like your job is to do that (laughs) like why you can't wouldn't sit and internalize and know those scripts upside down and backwards when people smarter than you who have been in the business longer than anybody here say these work yeah. Like what else do you need? Well, and it's not just like using a script. It's the it's the consistent practice of it. That's what I mean. And I I'm one. I know with one hundred percent certainty. If I didn't put it in the calendar, well, it wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like our our team, you know, no one on our team would practice scripts if it wasn't in the calendar to do that's, so. But that's the part I don't understand. But but so well, two things. That's part of part of being on a team is like, well, I'm going to take. As a team owner, I'm taking best practices and I'm putting them into a structure and then you are going to be held accountable to doing that. Mm-hmm. As a single agent, though, um, you don't... The single agent thing, I understand why you don't do it because it's super but easy let's, to get but, overwhelmed. But hold on. But most people are single agents. So yeah. that's why I'm talking to the single agents out there is like all you need to do is go put it in your calendar. And even if you just read the stupid thing to yourself... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By yourself, have fake conversations in the car. Yeah, Catherine, yourself- Catherine used to do that all the time. She I know still she might. does. I, I still do too. I still have listing consultation conversations she does it with before, myself before every listing consultation. Catherine walks around the house <laughs> doing her listing presentation, and then probably on the car ride answering, back, answering questions, fake questions that those people were asking or objections that those people. She does it. All she paces around the house and does the whole thing. Can I tell and you? Sixteen years into the job, she's still scripting before she she goes into appointments. So let me let me just tell you something real quick, and then I'll get back to what we we're talking about. Um, so I don't one hundred percent use the bold listing consultation. It's a it's it's um the the basics are there, but I don't use it like word for word. Um, but there's a part at the beginning that I really like. And so I envision myself um, going through those steps. So you walk up to the door, you're a few minutes early and you knock on the door and they open the door and then you 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 say, hi, I'm Catherine. I'm here for our listing appointment. And you look at your watch and you say, it's, you know, 10, it's 10 a.m. And um, I'm here for our listing appointment at 10 a.m. Or, you know, it's 9.57. I'm here for our listing appointment at 10 a.m. And it lets them know, like, I'm I'm here for our listing appointment and I'm on time. Mm-hmm. And most people aren't. And then when you go inside, 
I'm like, again, I'm envisioning myself. This is me practicing is like I'm walking myself through these steps. I walk inside the front door and I said, thank you for allowing me over to your home to list your house today. And then you asked to go sit at a table. And I'm like, you know, literally walking through this process with myself um, and the other fake person. And then you're putting yourself in the headspace saying, can I sit at the, you know, can we sit down at the table? Mm -hmm. And then great. We've got three things to cover today. And then I'm even doing the hand movements. You're supposed to um, use a thumb for thumbs up. (laughs) So we've got three things to cover today. Number one, we'll review the market and discuss what's going on. Number two, we'll just choose a price that will cause your home to sell. And then you're putting up a peace sign. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And number three. Which is the okay sign. This is the okay sign. Uh, Number three, we're going to decide today if you choose to work with me. Mm -hmm. And then there's more to the script. But anyways. I would mess that up. It does. end up flipping them off on accident. (laughs) (laughs) One, two, three. (laughs) Get lost. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, but it takes practice to even do those like. Remember all of the little things. Those little things. Like, by the way, that is designed in such a way. Like, that's. That's designed by somebody who studied brain patterns yeah. and uh, language of sales. And- but that's kind of what I'm talking about is that these people, this has been honed in from hundreds and hundreds of people in all these different ways. And the guy who is like a year into being an agent who just thinks they're just going to walk in and wing it because they got a great personality. I don't understand that philosophy when there's so many people that have come before you that you don't you have the the balls and the and the the gumption to say yeah yeah yeah, I don't need any of that I'm just gonna do it my way because I'm good like that kind of maybe that's because I've always been somebody who's practiced everything that I've done over and over and over again and it's never good enough but that attitude that you see maybe and maybe it's a sales thing maybe it's that's what maybe that breeds like the real estate industry breeds that kind of a person who thinks they can do that. I don't know what that is, but... um, Well, here's what happens. Like, hold on. So here's what happens. First of all, I think what you're describing, though, is a specific type of salesperson, which is is not everybody. No, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. But most people, I think, don't practice scripts and role play because they don't even have a script to use. Hmm. And, And then they... Or they do it once and they say... I don't I don't feel like that sound, sound like, like me. Me. that doesn't sound like me. Yeah. And then they don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And but here's what happens. You go and you get lucky one day. You go on an appointment and like they actually list with you or you you set an appointment on a call just by without, like you mean without using the without scripts. using a script. Like, I don't need those. But yeah, that's what happens. Like you get lucky and then decide that, well, I don't need those instead of having again consistency in the things that that best best practices that's the best way i think you can word it is like there's hundred there's millions of real estate agents in the world and they have all come together and there's research that's done that here are the best practices of what you should do every day Mm -hmm. to be successful here's how it should sound here's what you should track and so if you if you just listen to the people who are doing it at a higher level than you and where you aspire to be, then one of the key things you'll always see show up is script and role play. Most successful agents do it every single day. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> um, so if you just put it in your calendar though, and just sit down with one script to learn first, that's the other part I think that 
it's really easy to get lost by trying to do everything at the same time instead of just saying today for the for the next month, I'm just going to practice and learn like it's a play that I'm going to go be in. I'm mm. going to learn an incoming buyer lead script. I'm going to master that, learn it inside and out. Then I'm going to move on to the next thing and build upon that instead of trying to like, okay, I'm going to learn this and I'm going to learn this yeah. and I'm going to learn this because you won't actually have internalized them. All right. Well, let's let's take a break and then when we get back, we'll get into the specifics. Sounds good. Tie down. (laughs) (laughs) The Think Look B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Look B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Okay. So what we started this podcast about is I've been doing some more script and role play and Best practices for this are finding somebody who's kind of at a similar level or slightly above where you are so that you can learn from them. And we were talking about this the other day, Pat, in in improv, what's the, the saying? Yes, and. Yes, and. And what does that mean? It means that whatever anybody suggests, you say yes, and, and you and you build on top of it. Yeah. You don't shut somebody down. Right. And I think that that's a really good way to look at scripts and role play too. Like it's not that you don't give objections. Just hear me out. So we're talking about Im- improvisational comedy. Mm-hmm. When you're doing that. If somebody comes in and goes, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, I unfortunately just uh, hit my, hit your car out front. You don't follow. person doesn't follow up with. I don't have a car. Right, right. Yeah, and then you're yeah. like, uh. then you, you shut you down. You shut it down. You go, oh, you know what I mean? You build on top of whatever it is. Yeah. And I think, like, we were talking about this the other day, and I, and I think that's a really good way to look at scripts and role play, because the only way that you can really practice the script is to keep going with the conversation. So, like, if I start out a script and I say, um, you know, ring, ring, and Hello? answer- Hi, this is Catherine Selgis with the Think Libby team at Keller Williams. I, I see that you've inquired about 123 Main Street. I didn't inquire about that. <laughs> now, <laughs> is that sometimes what we hear? Yes. And it shuts it down. It shuts down the conversation. Now, I don't have anywhere to go with that. That was kind of an extreme yes. example. Yeah, that's yeah. But it doesn't allow me to learn and practice the actual script if I shut it down with some absurd thing that, you know, doesn't or build upon like, the conversation. Um, do it again. <laughs> ring, ring. Hello. Hi, this is Catherine Stelges with Keller Williams Realty. I see you inquired about 123 Main Street. Is mm. it an area of town you're looking to buy a home? Mm, y- y- maybe. <laughs> but that's okay. Maybe mm-hmm. no, it's okay. No, I'm not finished yet. Okay. Are we going to do a whole script? No, just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I'm not ready for that. Um, yeah. So what had you interested about this in this property? Oh, my wife actually came across it and she was, uh, had shown it to me. Oh, your your wife showed you the property. Yeah, How- she's a realtor. <laughs> right. Okay. So, like, where am I supposed to go with that? Right. right. So, when you're script and role playing with other people, 
Give them something to work with and move the conversation forward. So answer the question that they um, that they ask of you with something. You want to try it again? Try it again. Okay. <laughs> are, you, are you setting me up? Maybe. <laughs> ring, ring. Hello. Hi, this is Catherine Stelges with Keller Williams Realty. I see you inquired about 123 Main Street. Is that an area of town you're looking to buy a home? Uh, Yeah. Okay, great. And so how'd you end up on this property? Uh, the internet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where you're going with this, so I'm kind of messing this up. Okay, what? Uh, so have you primarily been looking at homes on the internet? What websites have you been using? See, you're doing a good job. But I would say, I would say, um, what oh, you 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 stop me. <laughs> I, what I was what I uh, what I was going to try to do is not give you anything and just give you one word answers. Oh well, that's because I switched that to an open ended question. You, I started. I forgot with that clue. Catherine's really good at this, <laughs> and so she's going to ask me open ended questions that I can't answer with a yes or no. Well, I started to, and then I was like, nope, nope, that I needs saw, to be open ended. I saw it coming, and I was like, oh, she's leaving me open. And then she said, which websites? And I was like, God. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but anyway, that's I mean, that's the point of open ended questions. Sure. Um, and let's see how I, I like literally I'm not perfect either. And I said a closed ended question, but I caught myself mm-hmm. and then I changed it and added on an open ended question yeah. so that you were forced to answer in a more open way. Yeah. And you still might have said Realtor.com. Mm-hmm. OK, great. So I'm just curious, do you live in the area now or, you know, no. like, <laughs> so I'm just curious, what has you interested in this neighborhood? There you go. <laughs> um, so open-ended questions obviously help get more information from people versus closed-ended. I think we just, just illustrated that. And when you're role-playing with people, though, you you do want to try to give them something to work with. So when you're, when you're role-playing you you do give objections and you you can be the role play partner that is like a short answers those are real people i just think you should take the approach of you want to move through the conversation mm-hmm. and get to the end of the point where they can ask for an appointment or schedule follow up so you have to take that yes and approach like if you can't shut somebody down with something so absurd like yeah well it's it's the the you're the idea is to help the other person, right? You guys are trying to learn together. Yeah. You don't want to shut somebody down and make it impossible for them. It's not it, that you're. That's just being selfish. So, <laughs> which is the same as in, in improv. That's well, that's when a self, you s- that's a selfish improviser. Well, when you say like it you know, seems what fun. Michael Scott doing. Remember in the episode of The Office where he was doing improv Uh and every single time it would end up, he'd end up with uh, holding someone hostage with a gun (laughs) and every single, every single time that's a self, that's somebody who's doing it for selfish reasons (laughs) instead of like playing the game. Right. Right. Well, like you said though, it's fun. So it can feel fun to like try to um, stump somebody. Yeah. yeah. Just keep it. That's not the game. Keep in mind, you want to move through the conversation so that they can get through the entire script Mm -hmm. that you want to internalize it. Well, you've got to be able to practice every part of it. Right. Um, So anyways, those are just some, you know, best practices for actually role playing. And then when you're doing the role play, like I said, I think it's best to memorize the thing first and then build upon that. So get the basic questions that you need to answer that script part memorized and then start adding in objections. 
And then I, we were doing something um, probably a couple months ago with the team where you had to close five times, but that was only after practicing that script and those those conversations over and over again until the point where we built to five times. So first, the first week we did one time, just close one time with an uh, objection. Then we would do two, three, four, and five. And that becomes even more challenging, you know, because then you're you're having to handle objections to meeting mm-hmm. over after, and over and over again when it gets already, really uncomfortable. No. Yeah. yeah. But that is where the magic happens. Yeah. If you can get them to see the value in meeting today, mm-hmm. then you're pushing through those objections. Sure. I was look um in in a lot of the the stuff I'm doing right now, uh, I've heard this a couple times and I just think it's worth worth sharing that uncertainty leads to unresponsiveness and clarity leads to constant communication. So what that means to me is if buyers are scared, not just buyers, sellers, everybody is fearful of the economy. And what does it mean if we're going into a recession? And we have reason to be, right? Like we had uh, not that long ago, Everybody can remember, anybody who's a buyer or seller right now remembers the Great Recession. It's not that long ago. So people are fearful that, well, what if this is going to happen again? What if? And so that will that uncertainty will lead them to not taking action. It will lead them to giving you short answers like, well, I don't know. I think we're just going to wait. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you can understand and keep in communication with them and ha- really help them to achieve whatever that goal is, is to have clar- clarity, mm-hmm. have clarification of everything. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, um, well, we just want to wait. And it's like, you have to remember that people don't necessarily are making, de- they're not necessarily making decisions that are right from them if they're coming from a place of not being educated. Right. So you could just say, oh, OK, I understand and move on with your day. But there's a chance and it's a pretty big chance that they they just want to wait because they're waiting for those prices to, to drop two hundred thousand dollars or because of this or that where they they're coming from. Um, for lack of a better word, a place of ignorance on the subject. And your job is to educate them on maybe that isn't the best decision now. Like the the objection that I gave you earlier, which is, oh yeah, my wife's a realtor. That shuts that somebody says something like that to you, that could shut it down, and then you move on with your day. But we just want to wait because we're afraid the economy is going to crash. Is that is coming from a place of ignorance, out of a, a lack of better vulgar term, right? It, oh, that's a, kind of. But my point being, not vulgar. Well, you know, you know what I mean. It's but. That that what that says to me is that's somebody who doesn't understand how this works and needs to be educated on it. Now my job is to use the scripts and dis- and explain to them so that they can realize themselves that that's not the situation that they're in. Right. So, so I um have pulled out some old notes because we've been talking about a shifting market for what feels like years now. It has been. It looks like the book from twenty nineteen. <laughs> Kayla, I don't know. 2018? It has been years because it was pre-pandemic, before there was anybody heard of COVID-19, people were saying, oh, this market's going to shift. Well, because we said, 
We're, We've been in a seller's market yeah. for all this time. Now all it did was just get crazy. Yeah, and then it got crazy. And now the, the we're back to where we were pre-pandemic, which is this market's going to shift. So I pulled out this old book, and it is 2019. The, pa- the pages have yellowed. <laughs> I think they were already that <laughs> no, old. Um, they're cream. And so there's all these conversations about shifting because we thought that that's where we were headed anyways. And only because of an unforeseen pandemic did things go the way that they went. So it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise that we're, we're to this point. And one of the, the script notes that I have is, is about using the word opportunity in every call instead of worrying about all of the, the other scripts you could just use this one and this would kind of clarify if the person has an interest Ooh, let's hear it <laughs> um if i can show you an opportunity in this market would you have time to meet tomorrow or the next day if i can show you an opportunity in this market so if somebody has a buying need or a selling need all i'm offering is if i can show you an opportunity mm-hmm. should should we meet mm-hmm and most people, if there's have some serious desires to mm-hmm. do something, would say yes to that. Then you're still going to pre-qualify them. Right. Which is LP mama for buyers and LPT mama for uh, sellers. You're still going to pre-qualify them, but you're just, it's a quick, easy way to gauge, like, are you interested in a real estate yeah. opportunity? And and um, I mean, I don't know, maybe there is a way to kind of open, close that ask that in a more open-ended way i i suppose or or some sort of way to because if they say no then you're kind of done yeah so there i'm sure there's a way to maybe tweak that a little bit so that they don't have an opportunity to say no well i think so whenever you're looking at scripts too you have to understand each each has a different purpose so this is something maybe if you're calling like older leads that maybe aren't as serious. Like if I go to an open house tomorrow and somebody walks in the door and they, their lease is up in three months Mm. and they don't have an agent, that's a hot lead that anybody should be able to set. Regardless of what scripts you're using, you should be able to set that person as an appointment. Mm This might be something you'd use when you're just trying to internet lead from six months ago. You're just, yeah, you're just trying to get through some calls quickly to like shake out like who actually would be interested in something. I see. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm I'm sure you could use it with anybody, but I'm just saying like every, every script has a little bit of a different purpose for things. But once you get to, let's say they said, well, you know, I'm interested in, in buying something, but not till next year. That's an, that's becomes an objection that Mm -hmm. then you have to handle. So then it's always, it's just thinking about next year. Yeah, that's a good first question. Oh, what's what's important about waiting till next year? Mm-hmm. I'm going to find out. Not, I'm going to get. Oh, okay. Then do you mind if I keep in touch with you? I know. That's, I, a, that's a, that's a, that would be like not the thing you not don't well, say. Well, like if you go back to that, what I just said, clarity leads to constant communication. Well, I don't have any clarity around mm-hmm. right. what your situation is. Right. And if I knew it was next year because your kid was, uh, in his senior year of high school and you weren't going to move until he graduated. Yeah. Now I know why you're waiting to move to North Carolina or whatever to sell your house. Yeah. So I think that scripts come down to um, a formula. Well, you've got 
the basic script, but I mean when an objection happens, mm-hmm. there's there's a formula to putting it all together. And it's basically when somebody says something that is not an immediate, like, yes, I'd like to meet tomorrow. Right. That's an objection. We talk about it could be a condition, like like you said, like they're not going to move until right. next year. Or a condition would be, well, we're actually going out of town for three weeks. <laughs> Right. Like you can't meet. Right. But you can in the future. Mm-hmm. And so any kind of objection like, well, the prices are dropping, so I'm just going to wait. Mm-hmm. You, the, this is the, the formula basically, is repeat and approve. So you're kind of acknowledging that you understand. And then a neutral sentence like, I also see the the market is changing. And then you ask them another question. So this is where like you pretty much can go through any script and just move on to the next question no matter what is said Mm -hmm. as long as you use some sort of transition and then redirect. So if you were to ask another question like where they say, well, I'm just going to wait. What has you thinking about waiting? I understand you're thinking about waiting because you see the market shifting. Mm -hmm. What do you... Or what has you thinking about waiting until next year? What is important to you about waiting until next year? Well, I want to see what happens with this market. What do you expect to happen over the next year? Mm-hmm. I'm going to gain understanding of what they're thinking and then redirect. So this could be, it just depends on what they say, right? If it is a condition, like they're not going, like I'm not going to convince you to move while your kid is in his senior year of high school. Right. If you've told me like you're not, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if it's a, if it's coming from like what I was saying earlier, if it's not if it's coming from a place of ignorance, then you could do this all day and set the appointment. But if it's a condition, there's like a specific thing that has nothing to do with them being ignorant about the market, <laughs> then and how this whole thing works, then there's nothing you can do. You so, know what I mean? Then you're gonna have to set that appointment down the road. But if it's all coming from the place of this guy doesn't, they don't understand how this works and blah, 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 Then there's always somewhere for you to go. So then let's say it's about waiting just because of the market. And what do you expect to happen? Well, I think the, the prices are going to go down. Okay, great. And then you're going to redirect. So what other neighbors are you, n- neighborhoods are you interested in? Or, you know, what do you think about this area? You're trying to get back to the LP mama questions, get mm-hmm. back on script, ask the next question, understand their full situation. Mm-hmm. So then when you get to the next point where it makes sense to offer an appointment, you can say, you know, something like, so I understand you're thinking about waiting till next year. If I could show you a home that you just described in the neighborhood you're looking for at the price you want, what would stop you from buying this year mm-hmm. or something like that mm-hmm. so that you can really understand, is it an objection or a condition? Is then it real? Yeah. If are they, they say, you or the, yeah. If they say that, well, yeah, but I don't think, you know, I think that the prices will be better next year. Then you can say, is it more important to you to um, about timing and convenience or more about price? Like you're just trying to dig further to understand what's Uh, the most important thing. Are they are they telling you the truth? Is there is there a guard up? Are these people is this person you're talking to a normal person or a weirdo? All of this stuff is all kind of coming into play. The more questions you ask. And the more you kind of dig into it, but yeah. Well, and then, and then the, I think the there's, there's also going back to motivation. So if at the end they say, well, we want to wait till next year because I think the prices will be better than they are right now. I think the prices are going to go down. 
and you've also already asked them about mortgage and it's like, you know, you can, you can kind of redirect and say, um, well, I understand you're, you know, currently in a lease and your lease is expected to go up over the next year. Right. And have you heard what interest rates are doing? Where do you think those will be next year? Yeah. Do you, well, this is do you a, this expect is, those to go up or, this or is down? That educating the ignorance <laughs> so that they self-realize that now is the time that you can't force them to come in. So you just have to keep opening it up to where they realize that whatever they're, they haven't thought about it as much as you're giving them credit for. So if, if it's about um, like th- thinking the prices are going to come down, you're not going to say, well, you're wrong. <laughs> right. Of course not. You know? Yeah. You and, have, they have to, because that wouldn't be them self-realizing. That's you telling them something. That's totally different. That's how you get people to shut down. Yeah. So then it's like, well, okay, so I understand which is more important to you, the actual sales price of the home mm-hmm. or the amount that you're paying on a monthly basis? Mm-hmm. Because now they're going to realize, mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yep. Self, they're going to self-realize it. The interest rates are probably going to be higher. That, right. that I'm told the prices are, if, if again, from news articles, I'm told the prices are going to go down, but I'm also Headl- told. Headlines of news articles. Headlines. Yeah, yeah. Um, headlines also tell me that interest rates are rising. So I'm putting this together in my head as a consumer that I get what she's saying. And rent prices, <laughs> you, the headlines are saying rent prices are going up. Yeah. Right. So if I could show you a home that that is in the area that you're looking, that gets you into the monthly budget that you're most comfortable with, there was an opportunity to do that in this market. What would stop you from buying a home today? Nothing. I guess I'll set the appointment. <laughs> I wore you down. <laughs> um, but every call is not the same. It's just about um, practicing consistently and then learning and new get, scripts and so, when the market changes you get so good at it you're doing it all the time and you just and you're bouncing around and you're going from this script to that script and you're and you're and you're on the phone with somebody who doesn't know anything about a script at all and you're and 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 you are trying to educate them because that because you are trying to do all of the things that we're talking about this isn't like some sort of shady scam that we're talking about it's like this is all to help them and stuff, but sometimes people don't know how to be helped, and so this is what this is for, and stuff. And it's like it just seems to me like it would be like this. Oh, is, also, can I just yeah? Can I just say because I think this is really important too. You're not trying to tell them everything about <laughs> what's going on on that phone conversation, right? You mean where you're a professor and going to just talk <laughs> basically the whole time? Yeah. Well, you're not trying to. Um, you're not trying to tell them anything. You're trying to just help them see that right. there could be an opportunity to do something now versus waiting. Mm-hmm. And and why wouldn't they meet with you to discuss that? The consultation, whether it's buying or selling, the consultation is where you can then, now they're coming into your office mm-hmm. or you're meeting with them on a professional level with you consulting them about right. the market and their situation. Well, that goes back to um, having them self-realize versus versus telling them. If the only way that you end up in that conversation that you're just talking about where you that you should be doing in the consult is if you're telling them a bunch of information, which is not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be listening. Yeah. You know what? The, this is totally off topic, but I was just thinking about somebody that I need to call. <laughs> and um, I think if if you've got like a list of people that um, 
maybe expressed interest at some time in the recent, you know, maybe six months or whatever, like going back through all of those people and reaching out to them. And then just instead of just updating them and saying, hey, I'm just calling to check in or whatever, get right to the point and say, hey, we talked last time and you said you wanted to wait until January to get into a house. And my concern, and again, this is somebody that you've talked to, obviously Hmm. had some follow-up. My concern about waiting is that the interest, have you heard the interest rates are expected to go up? And so the price that we talked about, you know, a couple months ago, by the time we get to January, I'm worried that you're not going to be able to afford the same home Mm -hmm. that you can today. If we could find something now that would get you into the budget and the area that you're looking for, what would stop you from us getting started today? Mm-hmm. And maybe you already know the answer. Maybe it's a lease or some other condition or something like that. But I think like think about people that you've had conversations with or that went to open houses that said they were a ways off and reaching out and just being really direct about my concern about you waiting is this. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about a seller. They're taking their time getting things ready and it's like every day that goes by those and, it, the value just drops another percent. And it's it's not even that like, again, prices aren't just dropping off of the, the, the spectrum here. It's just that it has changed since we last talked. So when I call, I, I can say, you know, hey, I know that you're getting the house ready. My concern about waiting another couple months is that we're we're continuing to miss the mark where there's still buyers. It's still a strong seller's market. I don't know what it's going to look like come spring of next year or January of next year. What I do know is that we still are in a strong market. You still can get an offer mm-hmm. in a reasonable amount of time. And the last time we spoke, we, you it, wanted to sell within 30 days of listing, right? We, the longer we wait, the more time it will take to find the right buyer. So what would stop us from listing this month? Right. Well, the house isn't ready. Is there any way that we could expedite that? Can I send you handyman recommendation? Like what can we do to help you get to the goal of getting the most money possible, which would be by listing sooner rather than waiting into a market that we don't know what that Yeah, because the last time we spoke, there was no end in sight. And now we've seen a shift and we, I can't make the prediction of five months from now. Yeah. The way we could easily do that 10 months ago. Yeah. And, and then it comes back to their motivation of like what was important to them about selling. Mm. If it was about getting the most money, then you might reiterate like, yeah, I know that you wanted to get the most money possible. And right now we still are in a window of opportunity to do that. Your equity has gone up, you know, 40% in the last two years. Your home two years ago was worth X. I'm concerned about continuing to wait and eroding all of that equity gained. Right. Because is you, there any way that you can Because you don't be want to ready? get over there on the weekend and yeah. And pressure wash. Or I mean, whatever you just have to know you, you have know. to know their motivation and all that. And if you don't have that, start there. Yeah. That's it. Scripts. Role play. It's fun. Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Questions from the web. 
hello, can you provide a nice list of questions you can ask buyers when they come to an open house? I just had my first open house and I felt like my list of questions were so random to ask buyers or it just felt so choppy. I was shadowing another agent and their list of questions just flowed so well and natural. Granted, that agent has 10 years of experience, so I can't compare myself to them. Um. Okay, so open house questions. If the first question is... What are you doing here? No. <laughs> well, okay. Cu- couple it's not of a things. question. The first thing is a statement. Uh, well, welcome to my open house. Let me get your info. But I'm just kidding. But um, but, but also not, not. But not really. <laughs> but not really. Like first thing is get them registered. We say that all the time. Like get their information so you can follow up with them later because you don't have very much time to actually ask them questions and talk to them during an open house. Mm-hmm. It's a very small window of time. They you don't. They aren't there to talk to you. By the way, they're there to look at that house. You start talking to them, and then somebody else then says, "Hey, do you know how old this air conditioner is?" And then those people you're just talking to walk right by, and they didn't sign in. Right. So. But when they walk in, there there's one question that I really like for an open house. Um, when somebody walks in, you can get a really quick sense of who they are. If you say, um, you know, you get them registered and then you say, so I find that most people that come into our open houses are either looking to buy a home or sell a home. Which one are you? Mm-hmm. Well, your answer is going to be, I'm either looking to buy a home or I'm selling a or home. Or both. Or both. <laughs> or you say, oh, I just live down the street. I was just walking by. I was curious. Oh, yeah, great. So how long have you lived in the neighborhood? And then I'm just going to be a human being and ask them some normal human questions. Um, What do you like about it? How long have you lived here? And then if they say something that sounds like... They want to talk to you about real estate. So they'll get... Chances are they'll say, yeah, we've been thinking about selling. Well, they'll say, say, oh, well... um, I my house is a little bit smaller, so I wanted to take a look at this. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you thinking about right. getting a larger home? When when are you thinking about buying a larger home? <laughs> so um, when you say list of questions, that's kind of that's a good lead. Well, it helps you quickly identify who you've got in the room. Mm-hmm. So I like that as an introductory or it's like, question. Oh, I'm not looking. I'm looking for my son. Right. Then right. then you know the like you need to get that son's contact info. <laughs> Right. Um, but then you would just redirect and say, oh, okay, how long has your son been looking for a home? Mm-hmm. Is is he local to the area or is he relocating? You know, human human being questions. And as far as a list of questions, though, it can just be, we talked about the LP mama. Those are still the same questions. You want to do that again? Location. Location. What area of town have you been looking for homes? Mm-hmm. Or what area of town P. are you looking? Price. What price range are you shopping in? What's um, your budget? Um, M is motivation. So that would be what has you thinking about making a move. Um, or like, like you said, like if, if they give you a, um, like, I don't know if they give you any reason to think they're relocating or you could just say like, are you local or are you relocating? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what do we say? Agent. Mm-hmm. How have you been looking at homes? Right. You don't say, do you have an agent? Because that's. What? Yes or no. That's a close. That's a closed question. They say yes, and then you move on. You say, "How do you have been looking at homes?" And you have to remember, at an open house, again, they are not there to talk to you. Right. They uh, buyers get quickly trained if they go and visit one or two open yeah. houses. They get quickly trained that don't they talk don't talk to them because they'll rope you in. That they they don't want you to bother them. Yeah. They are like they're in a retail store looking at for dresses mm-hmm. and the person comes up and they say, no, I'm all set, even mm-hmm. though they're there looking for a specific dress and they could have asked for help, but they don't. That's the same exact thing in an open house. So you don't ask them, do you have an agent? 
you say, how have you been looking at homes? And then if they say, oh, our real estate agent, you say, oh, okay. So you have somebody that's been showing you around. How many homes have you looked at? Then I'm just going to try to gauge, like, is this a is serious? It is it real? Is it real? Is it a serious relationship that I should, you know, like put them on the, I'll follow up with your agent instead of you list. Um, and then, so that's agent, mortgage. So if you get to a point, I don't think I've ever had a mortgage conversation with somebody in an open house. Cause again, it's such a small window of time. Yeah. I'm not trying to scare them away. I'm just trying to get, I want to have enough of a conversation that I know maybe so you, it's LPM. Maybe we're as far as you, LP, I don't even care about ma, price. LP ma. <laughs> I'm like L L M. LM like I want to kind of know generally where you're looking and like why you're looking to buy a home yeah and and a and an appointment well no and I was gonna say like how you're looking oh how you're looking yeah maybe if it comes up I mean because I'm gonna call them I'm gonna call them regardless and then they'll tell me if they have an agent right um so location price motivation agent mortgage appointment I don't think I've ever set an appointment from an open house. Maybe one, maybe once. So hundreds and hundreds of open houses, 16 years. And it's not for lack of trying. It's, <laughs> well, it's because, not. It's because she wasn't trying at all because that's not the job at the open house. Because it just rarely comes up that you would have enough yeah. of a conversation that it makes sense to do that. If somebody comes in and they're like, they want to write an offer on the house That's different. or they come in and you have, and you're, they're the only ones there and you guys talk for 30 minutes That's and it different. makes sense to yeah. set an appointment, go for it. Yeah. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just That's saying. Like, That's the old days. <laughs> what? I just mean like how many open, ha- like the chances of somebody walking in to the open house and you having 30, 40 minutes with them and because nobody else walked in. Yeah. Is something that you could, everyone has to look forward to over the next uh, year or so. Yeah. But that hasn't really been the case. Well, so it's, lately. yeah, it's really like location, motivation, as much as you can. Just be a normal person so that they maybe remember and liked you so that when you call them the next day to, or that evening to set, to try to set an appointment, that they actually remember who you are. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's my. Open house advice. I'm gonna stick to my question. What'd you say? So I'm gonna stick to my question. What do you want? <laughs> what are you doing here? Small win, Kayla. You got a small win this week. My small win is that I got um, what is it called? A mirror. <laughs> <laughs> a mirror. You couldn't remember the word what? mirror. <laughs> I couldn't. No, because I wanted to say what it looked like, and then I just got all confused um no i got a nice gold mirror for the kitchen dining like middle area to mm. put up on the wall because like it's like over a sideboard yeah kind of thing yeah because it's just been a bare wall all like these a gold, years when you say gold like an ornate like wooden carved type frame on it no like it's got like a, a metal because our kitchen the accents are mm-hmm. gold mm-hmm. like the hardware and everything's mm-hmm. gold and it's a white kitchen so it's just a, a big circular gold mirror and then i got a little nice glass face that i'm gonna put fake plants in fake plants have i taught you nothing (laughs) no (laughs) i i kill my plants pat the only thing that's alive is the jade plant still surprisingly yes (laughs) um my small win um actually have lost a couple pounds nice nobody's noticed yet but uh (laughs) you're wearing all black (laughs) 
<laughs> it should it should be it's, even more noticeable. Uh, but yeah, if I've just uh, been trying to eat well and exercise, I always do. But I've got a specific goal in mind, and so I'm I'm being purposeful, and I've lost a couple well, pounds brought, over the last week. I brought cupcakes to the office. Well, I but you notice like there were donuts in the office the you other day. I didn't eat, eat any. Mm-hmm. Somebody brought cookies one week. I didn't eat any of that. That's that's fat city right there. that's fat city <laughs> that's you're on your way to fat city i'm sorry oh my goodness my small win is we um this is a this is a uh what would you, what would you call this a um experiment not an experiment a well let's just use that since we're on a podcast and i don't have all the time experiment in <laughs> patience uh-huh. um two years ago for christmas we got um a string of like outdoor really nice uh string lights like a hundred pack you know with the really kind of high end high end ones with the normal size light bulbs and for two years it's been they've been sitting in a box unused and unopened and i took them out this week and i hung them in the backyard nice. but it, we held i held on to them for two years without doing something with them without doing anything with them and that for me is a huge deal that's what i was gonna say you have to understand when he says ex- experiment and patience um it's a it's a yeah that i can't think of the word that you're trying to mm-hmm. say either but like pat doesn't do that like when he gets something he goes and puts it up. He goes, he does not procrastinate in doing things. No. Yeah. It's like instant. But I was like, I, I'm going to hold on to these. We had, I, we had them for our other house before we bought this one. And we just held on to, I was going to hang them. And then we, for whatever reason, we just, I just kind of set them aside. Didn't have an opportunity to write that, write that moment. Maybe we didn't know exactly where they were going to go. And then when we, made the offer on this house i was just like okay i guess i'll just move them and stick them in a closet and that's where they've sat up until this past weekend and it's beautiful so now they're up yeah. hey guys remember to rate and view us on itunes it really helps new listeners to find us you can send your questions from the web to on seeking the best at gmail.com all info is in the show notes including how to send us a voicemail and for cat kale and myself thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week Adios. bye This has been a Think Live Be production.